Welcome to the Emancipate Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, Certified Religious Transition and Trauma Recovery Coach, Terry Hales. I help people step out of the shadows of religious fear and shame and embrace their authentic selves with love and empathy. If you're ready to throw off the shackles of learned binary thinking and explore a more nuanced approach to life, this is your playground. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Emancipate Your Mind podcast. I am really thrilled about today's topic. Today, we're going to be talking about limiting beliefs. We're going to talk about what those are, where they come from, and what we can start to do about them to release them and live to our fullest potential. But before we get started, I just want to make an announcement that this is our last podcast together before my third group of Reclaim Your Power gets started. So if these three episodes of the podcast have been really helpful to you, make sure you click that link. If you're wanting additional support and you're wanting help with feeling through your emotions, releasing limiting beliefs, really rooting into self-worth and living from your authentic knowing without worrying so much about what people think or disappointing your parents or any of those sorts of things. If you're wanting to live freely, really rooted in what you think about yourself, really rooted in what's possible for you, allowing yourself to release a lot of the fear and shame tapes about what you can, what you should and should not do, um, this is the group for you. And you guys, I love that it's in a group setting. Um, A lot of previous participants have said that they've really loved the group setting because not only were they working on their own issues, but being able to hear other people get coached in the group coaching session allowed them to really accelerate their growth because things were being brought up that they hadn't even thought about yet. So this is one of those times where I feel like when we get people together who have common experiences, it allows us to get vulnerable faster. It helps us release shame. We're able to go through the um, syllabus together and there's exercises to really help you dig deep faster than you would on your own. And then there's the group coaching support that really helps you pinpoint what's going on, maybe where the block is, help you release it, give you the tools you need to really power forward. It's a great way if you feel like you've been stuck in life or just can't move forward or you just feel a little lost even, this is a great group for you. So make sure that um, if that's something that you want to do, that you click that link in the show notes and go over and get signed up. We do limit the class to 10 people, and that way everybody gets the the support that they're needing, and also just to keep it small and intimate. But also, I don't want you to forget, because this is the last episode we have before we get started with that class on the 31st. So <clears throat> if you click the link, you'll be able to see the syllabus, exactly what we're covering, the call schedule, you'll be able to see the price as well, as well as get all signed up if it sounds like something you'd like to do. So if there's been something inside of you that's like, oh, this is really resonating. I wish I had somebody to hold my hand and walk me exactly through these things and help me see how this is affecting my life personally. This is your call to go get signed up. Okay, now that that's out of the way, 
Let's deep dive into these limiting beliefs because you guys, when I learned what limiting beliefs were and how they were affecting my life, it changed everything, okay? So before we get started, there are a couple of guidelines I give my clients and I'm going to give you as you're listening to really help you get the most from the information we're going to be sharing today and this discussion that we're going to have. The first one is be curious and non-judgmental with yourself, okay? The more curious you can get and the less judgment you can give yourself, the more you're going to be able to hear your own limits. What happens is when we're judgmental of what we're experiencing, what we believe, and what we're feeling, we actually put up defenses around ourselves to keep us from acknowledging the truth about what's going on. So put away judgment. Understand that everybody has limiting beliefs. This is not just something that some people have. It's not just something that people from religious backgrounds have. All humans have limiting beliefs of some sort, and they come from all different places, and we're going to talk about that today. They can come from your childhood, they can be handed to us from our parents, or they can get, they can be something we absorb from our culture. So often I hear clients that are like, if I didn't have a religious background, I wouldn't be held back in this way. It's not true. We do have some very specific limits that come from religion sometimes, but you would have limits regardless of whether you were raised in religion or not, okay? So sometimes we can feel doubly upset about our religious background or religious trauma we've experienced um, because of our limiting beliefs and how they're holding us back. But I just want you to be able to wrap your head around the fact that regardless, you would be grappling with some limiting beliefs And I'm going to give you tools about how you can move through this. And actually, your limiting beliefs are going to become assets to you. So this gets to be fun. We get to be curious. We get to be non-judgmental with ourselves. The next step is to be honest with ourselves because sometimes we want to downplay the limit or we want to not fully admit what we're thinking. The more honest you can be with yourself, the better because We can't correct what we won't acknowledge, okay? So if we won't honestly acknowledge what's going on, we can't correct the situation. The next thing I'm going to ask you to do is to give yourself permission to take it one step at a time. We're not trying to dive in and correct all of our limiting beliefs all at once. I know how tempting that is. As a recovering perfectionist, If I could go in and obliterate anything that stood in my way and never have to work on it again and just have a clean slate and have it be perfect, I would be so tempted to do that. But the way we work as humans is limiting beliefs are going to present themselves when we're ready to work on them, when we're strong enough and capable enough to move through, okay? So if you become aware of a limiting belief, it means you've grown to the point where you are now strong enough and capable enough to deal with that limit. So applaud yourself if you know what your limits are or if you're aware that something's standing in your way because it means you've grown and you've gotten to this point where now it's time to grow again. The next thing I'm going to tell you is to trust your timing. Just like we talked about, 
things will present themselves in the right time for you to deal with them. They'll come up when you are ready to move forward. All right, with all of that out of the way, the next thing I'm going to tell you is we're going to be using everything we talked about in the past two episodes. So if you haven't listened to those, go back and listen to those to really locate our limiting beliefs. Your emotions are going to be the key to help you locate and identify your limiting beliefs. What's going to happen is when we've hit a limit in our life, we'll often feel frustrated, annoyed, angry, ashamed, something like that. When we can cue into that emotion and get curious with the emotion, the emotion will tell us what is standing in our way. The emotion will tell us what we feel like we should be doing or shouldn't be doing that we are or what we can do or can't do. It's really, really going to help us pinpoint what is the thought, the recurring thought that is standing in our way from us getting the life that we want. And if we can do that, if you can use those emotions, you'll be able to pinpoint your limiting beliefs so quickly And as you're able to pinpoint them and move your limiting beliefs from your subconscious to your conscious, that's half the work right there. Okay? So use those emotions, you guys, to really dig into your subconscious and what's going on there so that you can extract what's standing in your way, make it conscious, and then we can start the real work. Okay, so what is a limiting belief? Whenever I first heard this term, I was like, what does that even mean? So a limiting belief is basically just a thought that you've thought so many times it feels like truth. Families can be together forever. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad belief, but it's a belief you've thought so many times that it feels like truth. Good girls don't have sex before marriage. Um, Money is hard to come by. God loves you and blesses you when you're good. Successful people go to college. Just trying to pull ones out of the air that I've heard before. Those are some ones that came to mind at the very beginning. So what happens is we have these thoughts that we've thought over and over and over again, and they become our unquestioned truth in our subconscious. And we begin to live our life according to this quote-unquote truth or these set of rules that we have in our subconscious. And the crazy thing is, is that we then start exercising confirmation bias. Our subconscious provides this gift to us for free. It's not like we consciously say, you know what, I think I just want to look for evidence of the things I already believe, and I'm going to let all the other information go. Our brains can't take in all of the information that's being thrown at it at any given time. And so what it does is it collates the material and it really like sorts through it and only takes out the information that supports what we already believe. So even if you're being exposed to information that is opposing what you already believe, your brain will just kind of discard that in search of things that confirm what you already believe. So if you believe that it's hard for you to make friends and that people don't really like you, when someone sits next to you at lunch or someone starts a conversation with you in the hall, your brain won't register that as someone trying to be friends with you. It will literally kick that information out, but it will hyper-focus 
on the party everyone had that you didn't get an invite to, or it will hyper-focus on the boy that didn't want to go on a date with you or asked out your best friend or the guy that wasn't attracted to you at the bar, but it won't pay attention to the guy that was attracted to you at the bar, okay? So that's confirmation bias. So not only do we have this subconscious set of beliefs, but our subconscious is also looking for information that supports those beliefs. And then we live our life as if that is the only truth. And that's where it becomes a problem. So the problem is, is that when we assume the belief is true, we limit our capacity to think and live creatively. So if I believe that people don't really want to be friends with me and people don't really like me, I'm not going to put myself in situations that will increase my friend pool. I'm not going to do things outside of the ordinary to make friends. I'm going to live inside of this box and I'm going to problem solve inside of this box and I'm going to get frustrated inside of this box because I want something different, but I believe I am limited by something that I think is true, but is not really true. Are you guys with me so far? So. When we are limited by our beliefs, we don't get creative. We don't try new things because we think we're restricted by this false truth. All right, so where do these limiting beliefs come from? They actually come from six different places. As far as I know, there may be more places that they come from, but there's six different places that I've found that they come from primarily. The first one is generational beliefs. So generational beliefs are things that have been handed down to us either from our, you know, grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, or even, even more broad, a whole culture, right? So it's something that somebody somewhere believed was true, handed down to their kids through their actions, through their words, um, through their judgments, through, you know, just the way they showed up in life. And that became the belief system for the next generation who then passed it on to the next generation and so on and so forth. The thing I want you to remember about generational beliefs is that just because it's the way it's always been done doesn't mean it's the only way it can be done. I don't care if humans have been doing it this way since the dawn of time. That doesn't make it the only way it can be done. Just because there's precedent in the past doesn't mean it has to be the precedent for the future. All right? So generational beliefs are ones that we really have to look into. We have to be really, really curious with ourselves about because we look around and everyone in the family or everyone in the culture is doing it this way. And because of that deep sense of wanting to connect and wanting to be part of a tribe, which is part of our survival instincts, um, it can be really tempting to say, this is the way it has to be done. I don't want to do it this way, but I have to conform because otherwise I'll be kicked out of the tribe. You guys, we that might have been true for our caveman ancestors, and that even that limiting belief might have been passed down from generation to generation to generation that we have to conform. We have to get rid of the pieces of ourselves that think differently or do differently because we'll be kicked out. And if we get kicked out, it's the end of life as we know it. Um, that was survival. 
for our caveman ancestors. That was survival even for our agrarian ancestors. But in today's day and age, that isn't necessary for survival. We aren't in tiny communities where we need to be tight-knit anymore. We're not beholden to the group to keep us safe from saber-toothed tigers. So generational beliefs are really difficult because it seems like everyone believes this. And if you begin to believe differently, it can feel life-threatening, but it is not. Okay. Cultural beliefs. Cultural beliefs are the customs and expectations of a culture about what's rude, what's polite, what's okay, what's not okay, what's acceptable, what's unacceptable, what's ladylike, what is masculine, all of these things. The beliefs on rules weren't always in place. When it comes to culture, these things can feel like it's always how it's been, just like generational beliefs. But I want you to remember that at some point, somebody came up with the rules and other people bought into them. You have a choice about whether you buy into them as well. Just because something's in place and people say this is the way to behave if this is what we do in this situation, you don't have to conform. You get to choose whether you buy into that or not. The next set of beliefs are educational beliefs, and these can be generational or cultural beliefs that are handed down through education as concrete truth. It can be really difficult to break educational beliefs because they take generational belief, they take cultural belief, they put it in textbooks sometimes, and then they hand it to us and say, this is the truth. And because it's written in textbooks, sometimes we take it as the truth. But just because it's written in a textbook or in a research paper doesn't necessarily mean that it's truth because research papers and textbooks are written by people with their own bias and beliefs. This is why learning to question everything and check it against your own inner knowing is so important. Just because it's in a book doesn't make it true. But if it's in a book and you do your own research and you find out actually it's been, you know, it's been reported here and somebody else found the same thing there, then you can start to make up your own mind based on your inner knowing. Is that true or is it not true? The next set of beliefs are religious beliefs. Religious beliefs can be beautiful and empowering. But religious beliefs can also harm our ability to live authentic lives. And so the crazy thing about religious beliefs is they operate just like other beliefs. They can be limiting beliefs or they can be expansive beliefs. But so often we are less likely to want to look non-judgmentally at our religious beliefs. And we're less likely to be honest with ourselves about our religious beliefs Because we believe that there are eternal consequences for thinking and believing differently. So religious beliefs get really tricky because there are fear and shame mechanisms that keep us in place, that keep us from looking honestly at the beliefs we've been given religiously. So these are beliefs that we're probably going to be looking at one by one on this podcast 
simply because they deserve a look. They deserve a discussion. And there's not a lot of places where those discussions are happening. And I I want to really delve into those. But today, we're just going to touch on the fact that there are religious beliefs that can be limiting beliefs. The next one is parental beliefs. So our parents are imperfect humans, just like we are. And They've had their own experiences. They had their own cultural, generational, educational, and religious beliefs handed down to them. They've had their own confirmation bias at work. And as they live, they pass on their limiting beliefs to us. And they might not do it explicitly. You may hear your parents judge other people who are overweight, and you may pick up a limiting belief that it is not okay, that you're not acceptable, that you lose value if you are overweight. That can be a limiting belief. You may have parents who judge people who don't fix things themselves or who don't attend church regularly, people who have LGBTQIA sons or daughters or grandchildren. You may hear them criticize or complain about parts of their life, parts of their body, people they see on TV, judgments they make about drivers, judgments they make about government, and those become your reality as a child because your parents are the biggest influence on your formative years. Before our prefrontal cortex develops, before we're able to really reason, we take on the thoughts and beliefs of our parents and our caregivers, as our own. And it's not until our teen years that we really even begin to question those, and sometimes it's not even until our 30s or 40s or beyond that we begin to realize, I don't have to believe what my parents thought about that when I was three or four or six or eight. So parental beliefs can be difficult to let go sometimes because Sometimes we think that if we let go of the limit that they have in place on themselves and that they may have imposed on the rest of the family, that somehow we're not honoring them or not loving them. But in fact, what happens is as we move past the limit, if it's no longer serving us, we can actually free our parents as well. They get to see someone living beyond the limit and it gives them a chance to reconsider whether that limit is serving them still or whether they would like to live a life free of that limit as well. Parental beliefs, they're a big one that I cover with my clients, and it's one I've had to face myself. All right, this last one is huge. It's experiential beliefs, and these are the beliefs that we create from our own traumatic experiences. And when I say traumatic experiences, I'm not talking about just big T trauma, Big T trauma would be like, you know, rape or war or, you know, armed burglary or um, abandonment or neglect or abuse of some sort. I'm talking about little T trauma as well. And these are the small things. Um, Your best friend talking about you behind your back, your parents forgetting you at a gas station um, and driving off without you, you know, stuttering or falling in front of a classroom when you're giving a speech. Little T traumas, big T traumas, all of them create, we create beliefs about the safety of the world or about how the world works to keep ourselves safe 
and to keep us from re-experiencing that same trauma again. A lot of the limiting beliefs we have come from this experiential understanding of how the world works. If I do this, I get praise. If I do this, people like me. If I do this, I get spanked. If I do this, I get ignored. We all create limiting beliefs with our tiny little kid brains when we're very small about how the world works and what's possible for us, what our identities are, what we're allowed in this world, what we're capable of based on experiences we had as children. And this is where it gets even crazier, not just based on the experiences, but based on the stories that our little kid selves told us about those experiences, based on a seven-year-old's understanding of what it means to have your friend talk about you behind your back, based on a three-year-old's understanding of what it meant that your parent left you at a gas station and drove off without you, what it means you know, at the age of 15 to stutter or to fall in front of peers when you're giving a speech. So these limiting beliefs were often created not with adult mature thinking. They were created as a way to protect our little kid selves with our little kid understanding from ever experiencing that shame or that fear ever again. Okay, so we know where all these limiting beliefs come from. We know what they are. How do we move through them? That's the big piece, right? So the first thing is going to be to identify them. And we talked about using our emotions to really cue into what am I feeling and what thought, this is the big question, what thought is creating this feeling? What am I thinking in my head that's making me feel this way? And get curious with yourself. Get as curious and specific with yourself as you can. Because the more specific you are, the more you dig, the more you get clear and really peel back that onion, the more you'll understand what the core of that limiting belief is. And you can bring it out of your subconscious and into your conscious brain. We can't fix anything in the subconscious because we're not aware of it. We have to bring it into the conscious brain in order for us to look at it and evaluate it and decide, do I actually believe this or do I not? The next thing is to evaluate what we bring into the conscious brain. So what benefit are you getting from this limiting belief? You guys, every limiting belief gives you a benefit. Back during my clinically depressed days when I had the limiting belief that people didn't actually really like being around me, guess what the benefit was? I didn't have to try hard my friendships. I didn't have to remember people's birthdays. I didn't have to really care too much when they had babies, when something hard was going on in their life. Um, I got to kind of slip in and out of people's lives without being super committed There was, you know, I had a lot of get out of jail free cards when it came to friendships because if I believe that people don't really want to be around me, then I don't really have to put a lot of effort and work into being around them. And another benefit is if I do find out that they don't really like me, then no big deal because I already thought that. So I didn't risk my heart, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the benefits. What are the benefits of believing that money is hard to come by? What are the benefits of believing 
that you're in that you're not very smart? What are the benefits of believing that you're not a good public speaker? What are the benefits of believing that you don't really have a very big purpose here on earth? What are the benefits of believing that you're irreparably irreparably? Hello, trying to speak today. I'm like stumbling over my tongue. What are the benefits of believing that you're irreparably damaged by your religious years? What do you get to get away with? What don't you have to do? Where do you get to be lazy and not have to try? If you believe I was irreparably damaged, this is how I am. I can't fix it. This is just me. What benefits do you get from being like, you know what? I was taught purity culture and I'm not very good at sex. If you're in a marriage, what benefits do you get? You don't have to try in bed. You get to have your partner do all of the work because you can't do that. You're damaged. Or if you believe that you you don't know how to be a good dad or you don't know how to have meaningful conflict with people. There's so many things that we have, like so many limiting beliefs that we have. And you guys, we get a benefit from every single one of them. Get really honest with yourself, not just about what the limit is, but also what bennies are you getting from that limiting belief? Because here's the good news and the bad news. Once you know what benefit you're getting from the limiting belief, first of all, it's easier to be kind to yourself for having that limit in the first place. It makes more sense. You're not just self-sabotaging. You're also like giving yourself some goodies. You're just going about it in like a roundabout way. But the second thing is, is that's the cost of getting the life you want. The cost of getting a freer life, a more expansive life is you're going to have to give up that benefit and find a healthier way to get that same thing or to get something better. So I either have to get clear with myself about, okay, I'm not having to try very hard in my relationships because I have this limiting belief that people don't really want to be around me. So I'm not trying and I'm not having to put love or work or vulnerability or effort there. But then that's also creating the cycle where people don't really want to be around me because it feels like I don't care. I feel cold and like I'm not invested in them. Am I willing to pay the price and be vulnerable and put in effort and pay that price for the possibility of getting what I want? Am I willing to give up these benefits in order to get something better? Or am I not? And can I be honest with myself about that? This is one of the really big steps, you guys, to really moving forward and limiting beliefs is not only being honest about what the belief is, but what that benefit is and if we're willing to give it up yet. And really quick, I want you to know once you've gotten clear with your limiting belief and you know what the benefit is, you may decide to stay there for a bit. And that is a completely valid decision. You may decide, you know what? (sighs) Right now, I'm not willing to give up that benefit. And you also understand I'm not ready to give up that benefit, which means I'm not ready to move forward. But you're making a conscious effort from your inner knowing. You're making a conscious decision. This isn't just being forced upon you. It puts you in the driver's seat again. 
because now you're aware, you know what the limit is, you know why you're not reaching that thing that you want, and you know it's because you're getting these benefits right now from having that limit, and you're not ready to give up those benefits. You either don't feel safe enough or you're just not willing to put in the effort or the vulnerability, and that gets to be valid as well. So I want to continue to empower you to be honest with yourself, but just because you found out what the problem is, you can also make an empowered decision to stay there. You are worthy exactly the way you are. You do not have to grow to be worthy of love and belonging. But if you want your biggest, highest, most expansive life, if you're tired of being stuck in this place, you have to be willing to give up those benefits to get that next highest thing, that next most expansive thing to grow. You have to be willing to give up the benefits. All right, the next thing you have to be willing to be honest with yourself about is how is that limit holding you back, okay? So you're, you're getting aware of what is the limit, what benefits do I get from this limit, and then what is it keeping me from getting? What am I not able to reach if I hang on to this benefit or if I hang on to this benefit of this limiting belief? So often we stay tethered in our past because it gives us safety and a sense of security and um, it gives us an excuse. And I want to make clear, we'll do this in the next step too, but I want to make clear there's a reason for that. But you have to be willing to let go of that tether to the past in order to embrace the big thing you want in the future, okay? The next step is to honor those limiting beliefs. Those beliefs were created to keep you safe, to keep you connected to your family of origin so that you would be taken care of and loved, to give you love and belonging or a sense of love and belonging. Those limiting beliefs are responsible for your survival. At one point in your life, those limiting beliefs made sense. They were your very best effort to keep yourself safe and protected. And so they deserve honor for doing their job. But now you've outgrown them. Now they're holding you back from that next level, that next step of adulthood, that next step of maturity. And so we can honor that at one point they were exactly what we needed to help us survive and grow to the place that we are now. But we've just outgrown them. What I visualize whenever I talk about this is when you were eight years old, those purple pants with the white flowers were perfect. They fit you perfectly. They kept you warm. They protected your legs when you were riding your bike. They made all of your friends think you're, you know, think you were so well-dressed and so cute. And they all asked you for fashion advice. But if you are still trying to wear those purple pants with the white flowers and you're 40 years old like I am, you're having some problems. That's probably pretty frustrating. You might feel pretty bad about yourself because you're not fitting in those pants anymore and you don't look stylish in them and they're worn and ragged and you don't feel like your best self in them. It's time to buy some new pants. But you're going to have to let go of all those good feelings from when you were eight wearing the purple flowered pants, okay? So give yourself permission to take off things from your childhood that no longer fit and buy adult things that fit you now. 
and fit your life now. And just because they fit now at 40 doesn't mean they're going to fit at 50 or 60 or even next year. You have permission to take things off, to get rid of things, to release things that are no longer serving you. It doesn't make them bad. They were perfect. They were wonderful. They were things that you needed at the time that you first got them. And now they no longer fit. Release, honor what they gave you, make room for the next belief, make room for the new. The next step is asking yourself, what would serve me better? So you've already decided to honor and release the old what would serve you better in its place? What belief gets you a step closer at least to what you want? If all of your life you've believed, I'm incapable, you're not going to be able to probably go from I'm incapable to I can do anything I want, but you might be able to go from I'm incapable, that no longer fits me because I want to do things. You take that off to I'm learning to be capable. I'm learning how to do this. And that can be your new set of, you know, your new set of clothing that you wear, your new belief that you put on is I'm learning to, or I'm growing into. I like to add the word yet. So I'm not, if I catch myself saying I'm not whatever. So I'm not a good public speaker. Like, let's say that's yours. You could add yet to the end as your next step towards what you're trying to accomplish. I'm not a good speaker yet, but I'm learning every day. I'm not completely healed from my religious past yet, but every day I get a little healthier. Does that make sense? Give yourself permission to have the next highest belief and wear that for a little bit until it feels restrictive and then you take that off and you take you put on the next highest belief. Okay, the next one is to forgive yourself and others. And you guys, I know forgiveness, especially in a religious setting, has such a charged connotation. I am not talking about I'm not talking about the cheap kind of forgiveness of forgive and forget. Bad things didn't happen to me. We're gonna be Pollyanna about this. No, that is not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about forgiveness here, I'm talking about expanding. We're going to talk about first forgiving yourself. Maya Angelou, and I'm going to quote her a lot, you guys. I love her a lot. Maya Angelou, Angelou, I don't know how to say her last name. I should probably figure that out. Um, She says, forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before you learned it. It was impossible for you to know something until you learned it. Once you learn it, then you're responsible for growing, okay? And even then, sometimes we know things, but we don't know how to put them into practice yet. Forgive yourself for that too. Give yourself grace for being a human who is in this great experiment called life, and we're trying things on, and we're making mistakes, and that is how we grow, and that is how we mature. We are not going to be perfect, Whatever limiting beliefs you have, you did your very best with what you had to survive, to keep yourself safe, and to allow yourself to connect to others. Forgive yourself for not being perfect. Forgive yourself 
for choosing something that maybe worked for you at the time but ended up harming you in the long run. You did the best with what you had. Even if you knew better, there's a reason you chose what you chose, and it's because you did the best with what you had. Each of us is doing our very best, and that's all that can be asked of us. And sometimes our very best is amazing, and sometimes our very best is not very good. And there's a place to honor that, to honor that even when our best isn't very good, we still survived it and we moved through it, okay? When we start with that, when, and if it's hard, you guys, what I do whenever I have limiting beliefs that really make me angry with myself is I go back to the first time I felt that way. When was the first time I experienced that thought? When was, what comes to mind for me? I'll close my eyes and I'll sink into my body. When was the first time I can remember feeling like maybe people didn't like me very much or maybe they were just pretending to be my friend? I'm going back to one of my limiting beliefs from when I was first diagnosed with clinical depression. So I'm long over this one, you guys, but it does still come up from time to time. And limiting beliefs will do that. The ghosts of them will come up and be like, you want to try me back on? Come on. We used to be such good friends. And you get to be like, oh, I see you. And you get to release it. And that's fine. But I go back to that time when I was 30 and I had this limiting belief that, you know, Maybe people didn't actually like me, that they were faking it or whatever. And I go back and I can fully envision the first time I had that thought. I told you guys, 13 was a hard year, and I was 13 when that happened. So for 17 years, I held on to this limiting belief. And I go back and I think of my 13-year-old self. You guys, I have a 13-year-old child right now. And I think of him and I think of how his brain works and I think of, you know, how good he is at like telling reality from maybe not reality. He's still like part kid and he's part adult and he's trying to figure the world out. And I picture myself at his age and I think about that girl creating this limiting belief to keep herself safe and to give herself permission to protect herself from friends to protect herself from harm, to kind of create a 20-ton shield to stand in between her and middle school, which was hard, you guys. And I can't help but forgive her because she was so young and she was doing the best she could. That wasn't adult me. I didn't have all of my mental faculties yet. I was doing the best I could with what I had in the circumstances I was in. And my guess is so were you. Even if you were 25 or 35 when you created your limiting belief, even if you were 55. So give yourself permission to forgive yourself. Once we've forgiven ourselves, there's actually a quote that I like from Brene Brown. I don't have it in front of me, but it's been floating through my head for the last minute. And she says, Kevin and I often say, you know, people don't suck on purpose. But what Brene Brown said is, she said, I, don't, I will never know if people are doing their best or not, but when I assume they are or were, then I, I free myself up to move past what happened. Regardless of how awful whatever happened in your past was, when we can assume that people were doing their best to parent us, to be our teachers, to be our pastors, 
to be our, you know, youth leaders, to be our boyfriends, our husbands, our girlfriends, our wives. When we assume that people were doing their best, even if their best was awful, it allows us to release the power they have on our life still. Because as long as I assume you did this to me, I'm still giving them power to continue to hold me where I am. So it's not that you're not holding them accountable any longer. If someone abused you, they are accountable for that abuse. They need to be responsible for that abuse. We're not just forgiving and forgetting. However, when I am able to say, as awful as that was, perhaps you were doing the best you could in that moment, and it sucked, and it hurt me, and it affected my life for years, but I'm going to assume that you did the best you could, and I'm going to take my power back. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't be held accountable, they shouldn't serve prison time, they shouldn't be kept away from the rest of society if what they did was very heinous. Um, It doesn't mean you don't have hard conversations about what happened with parents or whatever and go back and say, hey, this thing happened and I'd like to talk about it because it affected me for a really long time. Would you be willing to have a discussion? I'm not talking about giving up accountability. I'm just talking about cutting that cord between you and that person and no longer giving them power over your life now. So something to think about. And if you're not ready to forgive, again, that gets to be your choice. You are empowered to do whatever feels like the right choice for you. And then last is permission to move on. You guys, sometimes this one's really hard. We acknowledge the limiting belief. We realize what we need to to let go of. We know what we want to move into. And sometimes there are guilt or fear or shame tapes lingering about what it means to move on. When we choose to move on, we're not telling people we don't love them. We're not being mean to other people. We're not saying that we don't want those people in our lives. When we choose to move on, I always envision myself leaving the door open behind me and inviting anyone who wants to come with me to come with me. And some will choose to come with me, and some will not choose to come with me. But the door is always open. Does that make sense? Give yourself permission to move on. Sometimes that will change your circle of friends. Sometimes it will change your relationships with people. But leave the door open. If it's someone you still want in your life, leave the door open. Allow yourself to progress and move forward. And leave the door open for anyone who wants to come with you right in the moment or anyone who may grow and decide to come with you later. This will help you eliminate guilt or shame about growing beyond the limits that were set for you. So I think that's all I have today, you guys. I uh, This is a big topic and it's one we will likely delve into even more in future podcasts. But I'm so grateful you were here today. I'd love to hear what resonated with you. I'd love to hear things that you disagree with. I love discussion. If you want to discuss, please go find me at Instagram at Emancipated Molly. Let's have some 
um, message discussions. We've had several this past week, several the week before, and I'm loving all of it. So feel free to give me your insights, the things you agree with, the things you disagree with, um, parts that were really beneficial to you, and maybe parts that um, maybe confused you. So let's talk about this. And again, don't forget if you're wanting support with this, if you're wanting someone to hear your specific circumstances or help you get clear with your specific limiting beliefs, please click the link in the show notes or message me at Emancipated Molly on Instagram and I will get you the link there and let's get you signed up for Reclaim Your Power for the seven-week program and let's get you that one-on-one support so that you can really um, get clear with yourself and get those tools to start living an authentic, joyful, peaceful, grounded life and get all of the things that you desire and move past the things that feel like they're holding you back. So thank you again, and I will see you next Sunday.